0: Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media, to make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Name of the Father, Son, of the Lord, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Christos anesti. Christ is risen. Christos afton. Not bad. <laughs> Blessed Feast of the Resurrection. It's funny because in the churches that I grew up in, there was almost never a sermon on the Feast of the Resurrection, even though it's the most important feast. So it's nice that there's um, time given for us to meditate a little bit, don't worry, not too long, on the the power of the resurrection. This whole entire week, as we've gone through the sufferings of Christ, can be analogized in the painful walk that our Lord showed as a prefigure in the story of Abraham with his son Isaac, right, is that we we think of that moment on the top of the hill as though that's the only moment of Abraham's agony but in reality from the moment that Abraham knew that this was the ask and every step that he had to take towards this place which was it wasn't like it was in his backyard. This was a long, full day's journey, and then walking every step of the mountain knowing this hardship that's going to come to him is agonizing. But all of us who have gone through hardship almost can see the beauty of the hardship, always in hindsight, rarely in it, after everything has fixed, when the storm is over. Right? That's when we're able to look back and say, wow, what an experience. And we look back at the relationships that we've had and those who were closest to us during those times, and we see it as, as a powerful time in our lives when seen in hindsight. The Jews had went through a period of 400 years where they had heard not the voice of God. right? From the time that they came back from their captivity in Babylon until the coming of Christ, they hadn't. And there is a very interesting fact that we ought to take note of. The Jews, when they returned from exile, discovered that something in the temple that was very precious and pivotal to them was gone, which was the Ark of the Covenant. And in the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was kept, that place was called the Dubar. The Dubar is the Aramaic or Hebrew word for a word that you're probably familiar with in Greek, which is logos. The Holy of Holies was the place where God was supposed to speak, and for 400 years it was silent. And when the veil of the temple was rent in two on the day of the glorious resurrection, on the day of of the the crucifixion, I apologize, the emptiness was exposed to the whole world. Because when when the veil was torn in two, suddenly they saw there's no ark in there. There's just concrete and images of an angel on either side of what should have been the speaking place of God. And in the gospel that we just had prayed and read to us, we see the same event happen when Mary goes to the tomb. And when she goes in, we find two angels and a slab of concrete. Because we as humans tend towards death. And what Christ was showing us was the mind of God, the speech of God, the thought of God, the true logos is a who, not an it. And that he is the source of our life and our living. And Christ in his resurrection, it wasn't just a good show. It wasn't a a rah-rah or a ha-ha-ha to his enemies, although that happened too. But it wasn't the reason for it. The resurrection, his whole incarnation, was a solution for the state of humanity, right? It was that man had fallen, humans had become diseased, and the authority of disease belonged to who? Satan, who used death to control us, right? We had lost the grace of eternal life. When we were created in the garden, we were given incorruption and immortality by our unity with God, and we had lost that unity when we chose carnality instead. And Christ, in every event of his life, was undoing the work of Adam. Right? He came, he was obedient unto death. The first Adam was disobedient in the garden. The new Adam showed his faithfulness in the garden. Right? The old Adam was guilty of blasphemy. The new Adam was full of righteousness. Right? He carried in himself all of the disease of the world, slayed it on the cross so that we could have restored to us again all of the first fruits of our creation, right? This is why Christ was baptized, and it says that when the Spirit of God descended on Christ, it remained on Him, because now He, he fixed our loss of the Holy Spirit. Many people, when people die, they say stuff like, He's in a better place, right? We say these, these, these lines, And the obvious question that anybody can ask could be, how do you know? And I think we don't appreciate the relevance and importance of the resurrection today. Imagine if you went through high school knowing that no matter what you do, no matter what, you will never be given a degree. Why do it? Right? There's absolutely no hope. If you know with absolute certainty that nobody is able to get through, why do it? But imagine, or imagine if no matter how you ate, you'll be obese no matter what. There's no such thing as being able to be fit. Why bother eating healthy or going to the gym or doing whatever it is that we do? People have been living up to the point of the resurrection that when you die, you die. But imagine if one person passes high school, or one person discovers health. What does that restore for all people? Hope. Because now, because there's a fact that someone had it, there's now hope for all of us that we can have it. And this is why we say that Christ is the first fruits of the resurrection, because up till then, no, when you died, no one saw a resurrection. And that's why we emphasize, and the Church doesn't hide, the confusion of the disciples, the confusion of Mary. Even when Mary goes back and tells the disciples, the response is, these are idle tales. That's literally what was their response, right? Just ignore this, right? The Gospels don't hide these things because no one really truly believed that this was something that could happen. The Gospel does not hide that Thomas was like, that's good for you, I didn't see it, I'm not so sure because no one had seen something like that happen before but in Christ rising from the dead becomes a message to us that as we read in the Corinthian message today that the body is sown in corruption the body is born as a natural body as a material body but it is raised in incorruption and how do we know this because of the message of the church that Christos Anisti truly not as a fun exclamation, not as a cool thing to say, not as just a way for us to pick out after a long period of fasting, but because our Lord is risen, everything has changed. Now we have hope. Now there's meaning to our lives because the end of life doesn't end the day you die. And suddenly everything you do carries with it actual meaning. It's not random anymore. Now it's towards something, right? It's not, it's not futile. Because of him we're restored, because of him we have peace, because of him we have power, because of him Satan fears us, because of him this has become a symbol of power. If the resurrection has not been a point of of realness to you, I urge you to meditate on it and to meditate on the gospels of this coming season where we look at the changes in every individual type of human because of their interaction with the resurrected Christ. We'll even reread some of the Gospels that we read during Lent with a completely different way of looking at it, because now we're looking at it through the lens of hope, through the lens of glory, through the lens of our incorrupted and risen Lord. To Him be glory, now and always. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart.